Welcome, everybody. Isn't this an exciting service? <laughs> so is the one in heaven right now. <laughs> because they're a part of ours right here now. Amen. So how many people were not here this morning? How many? Anybody? That's not freaking. How many people have never heard of me before or don't know me, really? Okay, I did pray for you. I, God told me to pray for people. I don't have time to explain. I'm not taking time to explain, really, except I've known God for, let's see, how long has that been? I was four when I received Christ. That was many, 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 many years. I'm claiming for all of you who want to, timeless, to be timeless. Say, I choose to be timeless, as in heaven, on this earth. Amen. There, now you should act like it, okay? Sit down, sit down. I do need uh, pastors both to come up here. I have some mantles to give out. Both of you. Mm -hmm. If I go, there's going to be mantles. And he doesn't do, you know, I can't just say it. I have to do it. That's the way it is with me. So, um, yeah, God has highly honored you, and who wouldn't, right? I mean, even a little bit of time I've known you, uh, you're passionate, you show people, and you're hungry. And you are so determined and fierce. Those are the kind of people God needs to do things for him. Those who want to be quiet and out of the, you know, I, I hid in the, I didn't hide. He had me hidden for years, but now, of course, with pink hair, you can't hide. So be glad he didn't ask you to have any. <laughs> he was going to make sure I couldn't hide. And I was known by 40 pastors in our city. I did all kinds of things for them. My dad did. We just loved people. We didn't care who you were. We loved you. But we were fierce against the darkness. And you are totally fierce against the darkness. And I absolutely love the name of your church because I have friends who are some of the hosts. And uh, you may think that is strange. Don't think it's strange. Angels appeared all over in the, New in the Old Testament and actually came and ate with, uh, you know, some of the greats of that day. But you don't worship them, Okay. It doesn't actually say you can't talk to them. If someone, if one gives, comes to give you a word from God, make sure you, by the way, I have to add this in there, always test the spirits. There are groups out there teaching you to, you know, send yourself somewhere and do all kinds of things, but you have to test, and if an angel appears to you and says, come with me, you better ask them, are you of the spirit of the Most High God who sent his son to die for the sins of this world? Because if they're not, they will disappear. And they can't answer wrong with that. I've done that since I was real little. I always would test them. Even though I go to heaven all the time and I'm around angels all the time, they live over my home, in my home. And if something appears to me, though, I will still ask them that. There is a safety measure that needs to be taught because more and more pastors will find out we are connected in the spirit realm with heaven. That's where our rulership is. We don't rule over people. We rule over all the darkness trying to control people. And some, some of those beings, those demons can appear as angels of light and stuff like that. I mean, they can. They can be very convincing like the left is trying to be right now. Um, but anyway, just test the spirit. So don't reject something God wants, okay? He wants you to know him. He wants you to know all about him. He wants you to understand who you are why he sent you in this particular time on the earth. This is a powerful time, the divine decade. But then also 24 years in the White House, God will have total. And then after that, that 24 years prepares us for the next 100 years. 
If you thought you were leaving, you're not going anywhere. So don't hide. Get your crown on. Roll up your rapture rug. You can keep it for later or someone down the road. Someone generations from now might need that, okay? And I just need to say this for free. The Holy Spirit say it's free. The rapture will not be a rescue party. It will be a celebration of such glory and power. It is a party. Say it's a party. It's not a rescue party. It's a party party. <laughs> so uh, I, I knew what was coming before he invited me because, you know, he told me. <laughs> and he said, you're going to give out mantles to them. They both are going to get mantles for this new season. And um, that's why when he had me send that word through Sunil, he said, Bill, Bill, Bill. He is serious about the broadcasting. I believe you will have a network one day. Because you've already taken authority in that whole system and the frequencies and the, and, the, and the ways that come through to produce that. You're already ruling in that. And by the way, the first thing he wants me to tell you is you have reached the level of king in the spirit realm. And uh, only God chooses who the kings, the lords, and the priests are. Those are spiritual levels of authority. That's why he says you are kings and priests unto your God. That's not just a title. That is a position. And I know the church doesn't always talk about that either, but I understand it completely what that means. So you reach the level of a king in the spirit realm, you can't go any higher than that. You're not God, okay? Where you're lower than him. But in the spirit, according to dominion and authority, a king is as high as you can get. And it comes because you fell in love with Jesus first. You can't skip Jesus, okay? We can't skip the word of God. You can't just elevate yourself somewhere. I know people have put themselves in the fivefold ministry that never belong there, and they can get away with that. But you can't get away with saying you're a king because when you declare and decree, nothing will happen if you're not. But the kings actually have very high rulership, and any king, even in the natural realm, you have an army. So does the king in the spirit realm. And this day, I didn't just come by myself. I came with millions of the army of heaven that I, I command them, Get used to that word. Say, we command because he commands. God said, here you're going to get some revelation on the scripture now. When God said, command ye me, he wasn't saying you tell me what to do. He was saying, me, I want to see you command. Command ye me. Me, I want to see you command. And that's what he meant. We have authority and dominion. Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Not some of it, some of the time. All of it, all of the time. But when you rule and take authority over it, you're ruling. And so the greater you get in those levels of authority, you increase in many ways. And so we may have had angels helping us in the past, but since 2014, a scroll was opened in heaven that had the words on it, host initiative. Okay. It said, host initiative. That's what I'm wearing right here. This is their logo. They have a logo. And it represents the army of heaven working with us. But we are, not, we are over angels, right? In authority. The angels are not over us. Do you understand that? It says in the ages to come, we will judge them. Is that right? That means we have seniority. Because we, are, we came from the heart of God. He made them by speaking. But we were birthed from him. And so because you reached that level of king, he has sent with me one million of the hosts of heaven. 
that are being positioned here. I brought my staff. I didn't bring it here with me, but I brought my staff to decree for them to be here. And so they're actually outside this building right now, one million, that you will command, you will send them, you'll give them orders to go and do things in the spirit realm, pull down strongholds that you see evil or where, wherever evil and wickedness is going on. And I mean, for instance, I take power over all the power of the enemy, trying to cheat, lie, and steal, and hide and cover up. So I command the host of heaven to go uncover all of that that's being hidden, no matter where it is, how long it's been there, or what it is, you will go now in Jesus' name and uncover all of that. Pull down the strongholds of Satan that are helping them, empowering them, inspiring. Pull down those strongholds that they no longer can assist them in any way whatsoever. Shred platforms that evil, high levels of evil and spirit realm are operating in over our country, over all the stuff. We command the host of heaven now, you go and shred those platforms. When you do that, fear begins to fall on the humans doing the wickedness. As long as Satan is working with them, empowering them and inspiring them, they feel bold. They feel like they own it. But when that is removed, they no longer have that. This is how you rule in the spirit realm. That's taking power over all the power of the enemy. I'm not controlling people, but I'm totally telling through the host of heaven, they were made to war for us. You don't walk in the spirit realm and battle anything, right? We are more than conquerors. They are a weapon for us. Your weapons are not natural. They are spiritual, right? They are mighty. Say they. they. It didn't say it in the Bible. They are mighty to the pulling down the strongholds, and one of the ones those weapons is the army of heaven. And we get to command them if you're not playing games in the darkness. They hearken unto the word of the Lord in you. So what you say, if it doesn't sound like the Lord, or if you're out there blasting people, crushing and hurting people with your mouth or your spouse or your, whatever you're doing that's not godly, they don't have to listen to you. So there are requirements, okay? You've got to have accountability. If you have an authority like that, you have to. God knows that he can trust you. He trusts them. That's what he said to me. So this day, you are being right now, your army outside right now, you need to say, I choose, I choose. to invite heaven's army invite heaven's to be my weapon to, be my weapon. to fight against the darkness. I receive them right now. now. Right now. Woohoo! <laughs> and I, I, have, I have two mantles to give out up here. Uh, this one actually belongs to both of you, but this one is just for you. <laughs> this one's perfect. I'm going to give Brenda hers first. <clears throat> Isn't it beautiful? And so is she to him. So is she. You're beautiful to the Lord. And so he wants to bless you with this mantle. And it's got many pieces in this mantle. It's all the things you'll get to do that you desire to do. Because you have been willing to do those things that aren't the best, that aren't always comfortable, that aren't always... Uh, uh, that, you, that maybe other people would not want to do. You've been willing to say yes, to love people for him, to support your husband, to love your husband. I would say love your husband, love your husband. You've been willing. So he is giving you, this is actually a mantle of beauty, uh, beauty from heaven, and you will get great reward through this. So this is yours in this day. And I can tell you that we are seated in heavenly places because he takes a layer of our soul that looks just like you. The layers in your soul are images of you. 
Those are your emotions. When you give yourself to Jesus Christ, he has the right to take that and he seats it with him in heavenly places. So you are really seated. It's not just something suggested. It's not symbolic. There is a layer of you in heaven that looks just like you. And at this moment, he just put that mantle upon you. <laughs> it is a mantle of greatness, greatness, love, and beauty. And so there you go. Get ready for great things to happen and fun things to happen. Okay, amen? And I know <clears throat> this is another mantle. <laughs> This is a mantle of uh, presidential favor. And even though it has Trump's name, he is president. He will sit as president for four more years, no matter what anyone else says. That is God's plan. So he's putting on you, not just for this president, but for many presidents to come. You will have favor from God, and they will have your ear to hear God and your hand in friendship. So this is a mantle right now of governmental authority, presidential favor. That's what he called it, presidential favor. Thank you, Father. And that includes you and your wife. But he wanted me to place it on you as the head. Come here. You just get underneath there, too. Okay. There you go. Right. So, Father, right now I, I establish and set upon your children the mantle of presidential favor, which means they already have favor without measure with you, they will have favor without measure with the presidents, with President Trump and with other presidents coming. And so long as you have them here, God, they will carry and operate in this mantle and they will find out very quickly that it's going to begin soon. So receive it in Jesus' name. And I bless them, God. And I thank you for the army of heaven that's been assigned to them, Father, that it will continue to grow. The more you send them, the more you get them. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, so be it. And I have one more gift for you. This is a sign of my personal friendship with you. I have one. I got one for you the same. So thank you for being my sister. God bless you. God bless you. There you go. Wear it well. Amen. Now, when I came, I already posted a thousand of the hosts of heaven from my own, the army that he gave me to command. I lost number. I don't even know how many there are. And we can actually do that today for whoever wants to. You have to invite. I know this protocol for heaven. Did you not invite Christ into your life? Is that right? Yes. I hope you say yes. yes. You invite. It's the way heaven is. You invite Christ to come into your life. You must invite Holy Spirit to indwell you. Is that correct? Yes. You have to invite heaven to be a weapon for you. Now, they were created for that. The army of heaven was never, ever designed to protect heaven. They don't need it. And actually, they didn't even get to throw Lucifer out and one-third of the angels. They didn't get to throw him out. They wanted to, trust me. I don't know what all these people think about this whole thing going on. They said there was sadness in heaven. They were weeping. They were rejoicing. They threw a party when they were kicked out. 
God does have a government in heaven, and he has a way that he operates it. He doesn't abide evil. It gets unseated. It gets kicked out. And that actually did happen in heaven one day. And so those angels understand stuff that we're going through right now. They understand what we're going through. Some people have lost family members over this whole thing. They really have. They've lost businesses and business partners, and even churches have split. People have left churches because they're choosing the wrong thing. The wrong thing, right? You cannot choose or partner with darkness and think you're not going to get some kind of a uh, consequence of that. You cannot side with those who want to take the life of people who have no love for anybody. That always is a sign that the enemy is involved. When life want to be taken or controlled or crushed, uh, God never put America here. Actually, didn't put anyone here for that reason. But America was made specifically by God for his own purposes and his plans, his will, his way. That's why even here in America, as we have fought so many times to keep our ability to be free. But you don't have the right to hurt, crush, and bash people. And I think the other half, the left side, doesn't even know what that means. They have no lives matter, actually, is what they ought to be. If you want to know the truth, no lives matter to them. No lives matter to them. Not even the people they're using matter to them. They don't care. This is the, the way the enemy is. Satan doesn't care who he uses. He doesn't care who he destroys. He doesn't care who gets stolen from. And uh, as I, so today I am going to talk about America. I can't help that. That's God's biggest thing right now with me. Back in 2015, the beginning, God caught me up to heaven and said, um, Trump's going to win and he'll be in the White House for eight years because I need him there. Amen. Even though it might seem impossible, it's, it's going to happen. He said, I'm going to shift America onto my timeline and into righteousness. And he said, I even have inventions and things to be created that I will not allow to be created until I've dealt with the darkness that's in the government. And great exposure to levels people never dreamed of, this is still God speaking to me, will happen. He said, it will be great. Some people will not understand it. They'll think I've abandoned them. I have not abandoned them. I'm actually setting up their lives for the next 100 years. This country is a light to this world. That light will get greater. The body of Christ will learn how to operate in authority and dominion. And it will be so hard for anything like what we are experiencing to ever happen again. Not until the perilous time has come and nobody knows that day. Don't plan your life around when the perilous times are. Don't plan your life around the rapture. You have way too much to do. We're just beginning to understand the operations of the spirit realm and even who we really are. We were meant to be an authority in this earth. We're not under anything. If you belong to Jesus Christ, he's not under anything either. On earth as it is in heaven is what God has always desired. And yes, God does have a dream. It is him and mankind operating together as one. And so great days have to happen on this earth. There has to be those days. 
And everybody thinks, well, some people think, I always get corrected, but if I change what I just instantly said, the Holy Spirit just told me what to say. <clears throat> some people think it's the end because things are so awful. <laughs> They're not awful, okay? I know they may be hard and inconvenient, and I know, yes, people have been affected by this. That was not God's plan, but there is an enemy in this world. And when he can find people who are wicked and evil to do his plan, they're going to do it. If they've already said yes to him, they're going to do it. And that can affect our life. But in the future, it will be much harder because of the discernment we'll be walking in, the understanding of who we are, living and taking authority. Uh, practically almost everywhere in this world, wherever the body of Christ lives, he actually is going to create regions of light in this country, probably the first country because he calls this God, called America his gift to this world. I know his son is, but he means literally it is a gift for hope, for a future, Amen. where to find him, how to know him, how to live free, yes. free! Yeah. In order to live free, you have to have justice. Amen. You can't be free without justice. So what is God doing today? Serving out justice. He said, I could not allow Trump just to win normally. He won. Oh, trust me, he won. He did win, but he said, I couldn't let him win the normal way because the darkness would have remained hidden. What he's got planned for us is so great. And the ability to do things and help people and even change things drastically for the better. And the greater would be a better word to use. For the greater of God's purposes in this country, he had to deal with the darkness that's been hidden for years. So he already had a plan. It wasn't the scamdemic. <laughs> and it wasn't the pandemic, which, by the way, has been lied about most of the time. <laughs> Because God said they'll use anything they can to keep people away from each other, keep their mouths muffled and not speak and say anything. Don't let them gather together because then they'll know truth because they'll be together. It's, they're too strong together. So they came up with a lot of these plans. Amen? And all of this that was going on, God said, I haven't changed my plan. It's working. And he said, I will the only one, I'll be the only one who gets the glory for all this. But of course he wants the glory, amen. So he already knew this stuff would happen. He knew it. But we who are the body should always remain strong. Really strong. If you represent Christ in this world, you represent heaven on earth. We represent heaven on earth. One day you'll go there. If you die, y'all staring at me. <laughs> what if he chose you to remain? What if you're here for the millennial reign? Would you want that? There will be some that will. I'm not planning on dying. He won't let me talk about dying. He won't let me talk about retiring. There is no retirement, okay? <laughs> You don't retire in heaven. You have a lot of fun and recreation and using your powerful gift that you love. 
whether it's tennis or horseback riding or running a rodeo or an old antique car show or if you're a baker, if you're in the theater, it's all in heaven. It's your gift. He put it in you before he sent you here. Raise up a child in the way and the bent in the gift I gave them to be and they'll never depart from it. That's actually what that scripture, that's revelation. It's one of the first things he taught me. He said, parents will sit there all week long trying to figure out what their child's spiritual gift is. It's true. We'll all sit here and figure out what, what is my spiritual gift. <laughs> well, in heaven, you don't use your spiritual gift, people. That's why we all think we'll be bored. It's the passion he put in you. It's what he gave you that you're good at, that you think about night and day. If you could be paid to do it, you do it. Your whole mansion is being designed around that gift. If you were going to have a rodeo, you'd have thousands of horses. You'd have all the property. You'd have little supernatural places for people to come and be a part of that. And the horse would be yelling at you the whole time, oh, I'm bucking you. <laughs> it's heaven. But right now, he wants you here. He needs you here. He needs you to not just be... He doesn't want you just to wake up. He wants you to wake up, stand up, and stand out. You need to stand out by the way you live your life, the choices you make, that you make your stand, and you don't back down. You do not let fear interfere in your life. Fear should have no part of you. He has not given us a spirit of fear. And I know a lot of people think, well, he didn't send, you know, spirits of fear. No. In your spirit, man, he never put fear. That is something that comes from the enemy. The enemy brings fear, but God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He didn't put fear in your spirit, man. It's not even in you. He doesn't send you with it in you. You should be free from that. He wants you dangerous against hell. You know who you are in Christ when you become dangerous against hell. They don't want to be around you. They beg not to be assigned to you. Do. Because they know when they go back and they haven't fulfilled their assignment to get you dragged into the darkness, they will be beaten. Satan doesn't reward anybody. He does control with fear, even in hell. So his plan is for us all to be dangerous against hell. Then there's no way fear can get in you. There's no place for it to even enter in. You're so full of him. So full of the authority he gave you and the knowledge of him and understanding and having revelation from him, revelation on the word, revelation is a lifestyle. Heaven culture isn't just a something. It is a lifestyle. Then you are dangerous. And every word that comes out of your mouth will be powerful because it's filled with love, with life, with hope. He said, always be ready with an answer. Yeah, the, the issue is there, but the answer is him. So how well do you know him? 
If you want to know him more, you pursue it. Amen. I was raised as a child, one of 15. I knew it wasn't about me when I was three. <laughs> Why? Because there were others already in the household. By the time I was eight, I was a mini parent. I didn't have anything given to me on a golden platter, but I sure was washing those platters. <laughs> 60 loads of laundry a week, 50 pounds of potato a week to peel. And all those chiefs to watch over, because none of them were Indians, okay? None of them. Don't mean that in the wrong way. They were leaders, and they knew it. That's why he had to give a seer into the household. They couldn't get away with nothing. I knew what they were doing if I was not even there. I wasn't easy to live with. I'm still not easy to live with. We'll go place, oh, uh, we need to pray about that. Okay, don't go in there. Don't sit there. Cleanse it for the kingdom. There is scum on it. I don't sit anywhere without going. I cleanse it for the kingdom. Coming out of your switch mics. Oh, it's probably my electron, whatever. <laughs> oh, does it? You have an, there is an electrical energy. I can't remember how they tell me. I can't wear a watch. Even in the natural, it speeds. It does something. <laughs> so God made me before he sent me. He sent me as a seer. That is God's, right? But there are people who have that gift that also can, the enemy knows if you have that gift by your reactions and the, how, you, how you respond and say things about things. But, so since I was little, I could see angels or demons. I saw either one. And by the time I was like 10, 11, 12, I knew how the enemy operated. I could go tell people, don't go there, don't do that. This is what happens in the spirit when you do that. You don't want that to, to you know, and they look at me like I was wild. I didn't care. <laughs> he also gave me a, an attitude of I don't care. I don't care what you say. It doesn't bother me. I am not afraid of the face of man. I've seen the face of God. And by the way, yes, you can see the face of God. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you think you're going to get holier when you get there? You think you have to have a special pass when you die to get into the throne room to see him? Say no. <laughs> You've been washing the blood of the Lamb. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He is building your mansion. I do love it that he used John, the beloved, the one who Jesus loved. I, I just, John was a showman. He really was. He was a son of thunder. What do you think? Yeah, him and his brother used to fight over pretty girls in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. One day, God the Father took me back and showed me uh, a day in the life of Christ when he was just starting to minister and he had the, the rabble. I'm talking about the disciples. <clears throat> The ones who were with him, right? And they had left people and they left things that they were doing. And Luke had uh, patients running down the street asking him, why did you leave us for him? This is, this is, a, this is him going in to minister to Christ and all these people. They were throwing stones at the tax collector because the tax collectors didn't usually go out and mingle. They stayed in their little shop, okay, and you come and paid. 
But when, because because he was out there, he was a target. So here's them. They're ducking from the stones for him, listening to the patients yelling at Luke, "Why did you leave him for us?" And then there's James and John fighting along the side of the road over two pretty girls. This is Jesus, a mighty man sent by God to share the good news. And this is who's walking with him. And there's the other one with his hand in the money bag all the time. And the father said, I didn't make it easy for him either. Because <laughs> I also am the CEO of One Quest International. I actually do have a position. I have a corporation. It's called One Quest for One God to create heaven on earth, to reveal and create heaven on earth. And so I do have, a, I worked in the business world for 25 years and I loved it. Then God said, okay, I'm taking you out of your cushy job. I'm taking you out. And then I'm going to take your husband out a year later. So you're really going to have to love me and believe me. <laughs> we slept on people's floors for a while. I still celebrated. I didn't change who I was. I worshiped, I gave, I served the whole time. We were sleeping on people's floors and people thought we were crazy. And my daughter spent their birthday, each had a birthday sleeping on somebody's floor. We ate whatever was there, put everything we had in the storage unit and just trusted God. At the end of one year, somebody walks up with keys to a million dollar condo at Ponte Vedra Beach and said, here you go, just stay here as long as you want. Didn't cost us a penny or a dime because we did not change who we were even in the midst of something that people would say was a disaster. My own daughters called it an adventure. They belong to me, okay? We had adventures. We never had disasters. We never had a crisis. It was an adventure. You have to live like that. So people see you, they don't understand. I'm going to know I love him more than anyone else. I'm in his hand, not some other, somebody other person's hand. I trusted him. It's a way of life. And then I said yes every time he wanted something, every time he required something to me. I never said, never said no to him. I'll be almost 70. I forget how old I am. It doesn't matter. I'm getting younger because <laughs> I'm claiming timeless. You told me that one day, do you want to old? Do you want to get old? Well, not particularly. Well, then do you want to be timeless? I said, yes. He said, whatsoever you say, don't doubt in your heart, but believe that it will come to pass. You'll have whatsoever you say. So I'm timeless and I have pink hair. <laughs> and God asked me to have the pink hair that really gets some pastors. Not the black ones. Oh, no, girl. They like this. They figure, there's a white woman who preaches, and she has pink hair. We got to have her come. That's not what the white one said. You are too overthrown. You have fallen off the edge. God would never do that. No, we can't do that to the people. And say, your people come to my meetings. <laughs> They will find some way to find me because they want revelation about heaven, about God, about who they are. They're hungry. You need to take it up a notch in your church. <laughs> it 
it is very true. I have like about, about 15,000 black friends. I do. And they won't let me leave. They make me, they make me speak four or five hours. They don't care if people miss dinner, if they miss lunch. They don't, even, <laughs> they don't even care. They reset the clock. I don't know how many times I went to this one church. I went to this really nice church. I was invited. I went to help rescue this little uh, woman pastor. She was going to get out of the ministry because she was being beat up by other pastors saying she didn't belong there. And so I went to this little tiny place outside of Washington, D.C., and after three days, she was ready to never quit. And this other, they, other, they found out about me, so they come. So I stayed in like this little hotel that had cracks under the door that, you know, you stuff things underneath it, hoping nothing would crawl in. That's where I had to stay when I was there. And then the other one, church said, oh, we found out you're in the area. We're going to let you minister. And they sent limos. And they put me in the wealthiest hotel in Washington, D.C. And they had a congregation of 5,000 people. And I had given all my money to this other little pastor to help her. And, um, and God said, he, he gets so blessed that my heart is to love. That was my, my earthly dad. Heart was to whatever I get, I'm giving away. <laughs> That's why I have Margaret. <laughs> Margaret was created to make money and keep it. I was created to give it away. So he had to put us both together. She's my sister-in-law, by the way. And she married my brother. That took enough bravery right there. <laughs> you ever heard me talk about RJ? There's Margaret. She's RJ's wife. His solution to all this would just be to kill all the bad people, send them to hell, and we'll have a nice, nice time. That, that would my brother. Don't ask him to counsel you if you are in sin. He will seriously say that I'll get my gun, and we'll deal with it, and as you're dying over hell, maybe you'll change your mind. He really gets invitations from black pastors. You're a man. You come into my church. You didn't know. You never know what you're gonna get when I speak. Okay. My life was not very normal. But R.J. is my brother. He's my older brother, and so he got into all kinds of things. He he would always ask me because you know he'd say I'm I'm braver than you, so you won't do this. I I did not not like sin dangerous things or dumb things, but. Like, you won't stick your finger in this tube because I will and you won't. And I did, and then the fire department had to come cut it off. Those kind of things were seven, eight, and nine years old. So I went through this whole testing time with my brother to finally went, you know, I'm not dumb anymore. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but RJ, usually if there's a killing going on, they'll be there, he'll be there before the police. They'll find him or he'll find the villain before the police board. And he also was in the, uh, in the military also, but he's always been so fierce about un un injustice. He's friends with all of our police department, all of our fire department, the military, and he's about my size, and he's not afraid of anything. Hell's angels invite him into their, to do funerals for them because they'd rather get rid of you to look at you, but they know he's a godly man, and he's, he, he's a biker. He creates Harleys and stuff like that. So he's not normal. He'll minister to people in nursing homes who are about to go to heaven. If you're a wicked, bad person, he'll send you either there or to the other place. <laughs> and I grew up with him. <clears throat> that was enough to humble anybody, trust me. 
So we have all kinds of a mix in my family. Then we have all the adopted ones, like really adopted. And so my dad was creative, so we always had fun things to do, exciting things to do at home, feed the 200 pets. We could do a funeral for a pet at the drop of a hat. I guess God thought maybe one day we'd actually do real ones. I wouldn't do a normal one. We'd have cake lined up by the casket. They'd have it in heaven, right? We would have to have music, we'd have to have dancing, and we'd have to have cake. If you want to do it the way they do it in heaven, that's how they do it in heaven. You go up there, you're having a celebration party. They have lots of cake. Everybody dances in the throne room. The Father greets you. He gives you rewards. You get to go see your amazing mansion. And the whole time we're down here mourning and grieving, upset we didn't have enough money to spend on them when they don't need it anymore. Get cremated. It's cheaper. The Holy Spirit told me to say that one time. Tell them to get cremated. It's okay. We can put the ashes back together. That, that's what the Holy Spirit said. So there's a Holy Spirit quote right there straight from heaven. We know where the ashes are, okay? You can't get cremated. What if you died in a fire and burn up? You don't get your body? You're going to get that body back, people. You better be happy about it. It'll look amazing. <laughs> In the Bible, it says you will be known as you are known. You can't be someone else, and he doesn't want you to be someone else right now. Don't let people influence you to be somebody you're not. He wanted me up here. He picked me out of all the tribe of my family. I'm happy that he did, and I'm happy he put me in America. And I'm happy that our country represents and stands for God. One nation under God. And, and the father would talk to me all the time, well, ever since the elections, right before the elections, the first time he said, I'm going to throw you out there so far, you'll never be able to go back. <laughs> like, go back where? I knew the, the media would all act up, and you are so right. He keeps telling me that they'll lose their, many of them are going to lose their networks, just so you know that right now. And other networks will rise up that will tell the truth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And they'll give us the true news, right? Yeah. Not the hidden, the stuff, you know, not, not hiding things, but letting us know. I travel overseas a lot, and during this whole first election that they had, I got talked to, I mean, strangers would come up to me and go, you must be an American, it must be the pink hair. <laughs> and we want to know what you think about your president. Oh, we in America love our president. <laughs> Don't watch the fake news, whatever you do, because they won't tell you the truth about anything. And this is even like three years into his term, and they went, you know what, they still... They have a problem. They can't let go of what they first started with, which is the bashing and the accusing. They said they don't actually give the news. You find out almost nothing about what's important. You keep hearing, it's like they put it on repeat all the time. They're just doing the same thing. You know why? They've convinced their own soul that stuff is true. And when you get in your soul, you'll choose again. What you choose to do or say, you'll choose it again. That's what happens. That's why people who listen to it have changed. People who are nice and kind now are not.
because they've compromised their soul. And so the more people go and say, oh, no, you need to listen to what they're saying. They're, they're talking what's right. I'm talking about the, the, what the people are saying that, that haven't made any decisions. And there's still some who don't want anybody because they don't like anything they're hearing. You choose life. You always choose life. No matter who you vote for, you choose life. Amen? God said this day I offer you life and death. What does he say? And so they've been hiding. So actually their whole mess has gotten worse. I'm talking about the news media still out there. It's important to know what's going on. Right? We need to know news. Good news. Correct news. Unbiased news. And he's going to raise up Several people, I know for sure, several Christians, that will have their own first-class, first-rate network. It's nice to have a show. It's nice to have a show somewhere, but he wants a network that can replace the false networks that are out there. And I can tell you right now, there is great fear in the camp of the left. And there's great fear. They may not say it, but they're great. They're terribly, they're awfully afraid. Some are already hiding. They're afraid in the news media. They're afraid. You may see some people shortly leave their, leave, leave that to get out before they're taken to prison. <laughs> you cannot commit a federal crime and not go to prison. A lot of people in the post office that were paid to change ballots, add ballots, steal ballots, and, and that's why I always tell people, don't mail it in. I always say, never mail it in. Don't mail it in. It's too easy for people to take. And I know there's two point some million votes that were actually taken away. Uh, and even then, you know, our president still, he still won, even that. And there were created new ballots that were fed into the thing when they were supposed to have stopped counting and closed down. They weren't. And I was watching Kenneth Copeland also that night. I was, I was watching you. And he said, okay, we're just going to go for the evening. And then they announced, we're going to stop counting the ballots. And the Holy Spirit said, yes, that's so they can feed all the false ones in. <laughs> he said, this is when they're going to do the, this is the Holy Spirit saying they're going to do the big switch. This is on the 3rd of November. And they're going to, they're going to do corruption and fraud. They're going to create brand new ballots and replace the ones that, so they've even harvested people's names off of ballots and change those ballots and then put those into the electoral machines. That's what they did. <clears throat> they caught people in Illinois that were throwing Trump's ballots by the bins into the river. They were, up, they were arrested at the time because, of course, they were doing it. But it was filmed and people saw it and they threw them in the river. The thing about crime, if you're going to do, do a scam or whatever you want to call it, you're going to commit fraud on a large scale. You don't have teams of thousands of people with you, so you hire whoever is willing to do it. But when you hire these small-time criminals, guess who's going to yell first? They have no bond with those people. We are bonded by our love for God and our love for our president. We have a bond. And the one thing they weren't counting on was that we weren't going to go along with their scam. <laughs> you can't convince people who know the truth to accept fraud. You just can't convince them. And, I mean, he had these rallies with 40,000, 50,000 people in it, and I've never seen any with Biden's people. 
So where did all these millions of votes come from that he had no people to vote for him? I don't know why they don't think. Well, I think they're dumb, maybe. I don't know. They think we are. But the one thing they didn't count on was the moral majority in this country. The moral majority, they don't want socialism. They don't want their rights taken away. They don't want to be controlled or hand-fed. Okay, they don't want to become a third world country. They have families. They have a future. They want a destiny for their own children. That's the moral majority. And a lot of those are believers, but some even aren't, but they still want that kind of life. They're not settling. And they could put those million dollar ads on all day long. The only ones watching them are the ones who made them. It isn't changing us. And there are people who are blowing whistles even in higher places, and they're very much afraid. But they can't, they can't lose face right now. They've got to keep their momentum, not with us. They've got to keep their own momentum going for the lie. They know they, they know they stole it. They know they cheated. They know that they committed crimes, but they can't cave in. But there's a lot of ones under them that don't want to take the fall. So on November the 4th, God had said to me, when the ground begins to shake, and at this time they were still doing all the false stuff, when the ground begins to shake, you watch for the landslide. The landslide that will go cover from the top to the bottom, when a landslide starts, it starts with a little shaking. And as that momentum builds with that landslide, it gets louder and louder and more and more is pulled into that landslide until the whole mountain has been uncovered. And God said that will be the crime, the corruption, all of the stuff, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, it will all be made known. And even though they won't want to report it, can you get over that? <laughs> they won't want to report it. They cannot stop President Trump from being announced as the president. Amen? He said it, it, will start, it will start with one phone call, and after that one call is made and known, everyone else will be getting in line to rat on that whole group. And even though it's happening, they will, it's like I think they're in the fantasy. They think if they keep waiting long enough, they'll convince us to change our minds and just drop the whole thing. Now, we're not giving our life away. We're not giving our destiny away. We're not selling our family down the river. We are here for the purpose that God put us here for, and we are not to be controlled. Amen? And I don't know how long it will take to get into their heads. The other thing, legally in the natural, you can't call the presidency until all the votes are counted. And I don't know if you know this, they're now recounting New York. They're even recounting, they're recounting, they're going to get to the, the thing where they can recount all the states they think that need to be recounted. They can't call the election. There has been nobody called who has become president. The media is just making it up, hoping we'll believe it. <laughs> I'm not believing that. <laughs> That's not God's plan, and that is not what will happen. We don't have to settle in our lives, right? 
millions of people, I want you to know this, have prayed around the world who aren't even Americans. Because they don't want America to become a third world country. We stand for justice, liberty, and freedom. And we help many other countries and have and still will. They don't want to see us. They don't want to see us fail. And even they don't believe the lie. And they don't even live here. <laughs> Just with statistics and proof. It's called proof, people. Even with the proof that all these millions of people are following and supporting Trump. They still had a plan. They already planned this. They had this plan before he even started running again. They knew how they would steal it. They knew that they could do it. They knew there was a way to do it. They knew they could pull it off. They knew if the media would be on their side that that's all what everybody would believe. But they didn't. <laughs> and so I want to I encourage people, don't talk about losing. You don't talk about losing when God is still working his plan. Why? We have already won. We have already won. We won because we voted. We won because we prayed. We won because it was God's plan. And all that is needed in the natural realm has already happened for President Trump to keep his seat. Amen? And, and God, oh God, God who knows everything, of course, he told me, because I'll just be walking around, and all of a sudden he'll just start talking to me. When I say God, I mean the Father. Yes, I hear Jesus all the time. People will find the craziest things to say about you. <laughs> you don't even know Jesus. You don't mention him. Oh, yes, he is my first love, and I talk about him all the time. You must not be listening to the right videos. <laughs> I have nothing without him. I am nothing without him. I'd have no future. I would have nothing. But I do have him. And I know him well. I know what happened to him on the cross. I know what happened to him in the garden. I know what happened to him in hell. I know what happened to him when he went back to heaven and poured out his blood on the mercy seat. I know what was happening in hell when he was pouring his blood out on the mercy seat. The loser was in hell groveling in the dirt of hell stripped of all his gemstones, broken and beaten by the Son of God, and no longer had the keys to hell, death, and the grave. So he took his beauty and he took his authority away from him. That gave us absolutely the right to operate in authority in this world. Satan is a false king. He's not even a king. He's a false prince. A false one who never was given authority or the right to do anything. He took what he wanted and used it while he can. And that side, no matter what name you give them, that does the same thing as all, the same thing as always what Satan wants. He wants it his own way. He wants people to worship him. He wants them to only exist with him. And that's what happens no matter what you put name or tag you put on that. That is Satan's plan is to kill steal and destroy every person and everything. That's why he is afraid of America. Satan hates America because it causes him more problems than any other country 
because we preach the gospel from here. We train people and send them with the gospel. We go over there and help people learn how to give the gospel. We feed people everywhere. We're doing kind acts. We care about people. We rescue people for him. If you were the enemy, you wouldn't want any of that. So what is your plan? I'm going to take over. I will deceive them. This thing's going to stop. I can't take it anymore. It's not working with my plan. I'm going to take over this country. I'm taking it for myself. There's enough wicked people here. I can already get to use to do that. But what he didn't count on was we have the truth living in us. It's not something we hear. It's something that lives with us. And the one who brings the truth lives in us. Why would he think we would believe a lie? You need help if you want to believe a lie. We'll have deliverance right now. You walk in the truth. You live the truth. You breathe it. You speak it. He came to set us free. Justice is on one of the steps of his throne. Huge words, justice. Yes, he wants justice. Yes, he wants accountability. Yes, he wants people to pay for the things they have done wrong. But those who are at the top that lead others into it are in even more trouble with God. When you deceive others to join you and twist the truth and ruin their future and ruin their destiny and so many have been brought into that place right now and i always encourage them if you're listening go tell the truth while you still can go repent and they'll turn them in <laughs> tell the truth about the crimes that were committed and i have sent the host on a daily basis to encourage people who committed those crimes to tell the truth. Do it now while you can. Don't wait till it's too late. You'll go to prison. You know, Satan tells people things all the time. Do you know the Spirit of God does too? He can speak to people to inspire them, to encourage them. And heaven wants us to remain free. Because he has, God has a plan I'm telling you, for 24 years in the White House, he's not willing to tell Trump, oh, you can wait four years, and then I'll put you in then. Can you imagine the one who made everything? <laughs> Holds the air you breathe. No, it's been from the beginning to the end. Of the beginning. Could you ever see him? Oh, I guess I'll have to change my plan. We don't understand his ways, but we need to. Everything that's happening is to set us up for the next 100 years. The inventions that are waiting, they're just beyond your imagination that God's going to send to this earth to help people and make their life better. Cancer will be here no more. I really believe they already have a cure. They just don't want you to know it. There'll come a time as this administration, Trump's administration, and then Pence is after that for eight years, and then... I, I live prophecy. I live it. 
And he doesn't just show me a few years. I, I clearly know what will happen for the next 50 years. Clearly have seen it and been there. God's not changing his mind. In his master plan for America, he needs who he chose. In that office, when he chose him to be there. And he is not willing to let the enemy have those times. Some of the greatest leaders in the body of Christ are still being born. Who is throwing mountains into the sea? Who's walking on air or raising the dead that were cremated? Who's stopping an earthquake and make it go back the way it was before it came, including the dead being raised? And the buildings going back together. That's the greater works. Why would he all of a sudden decide, I just don't want this? His son died so he could have that happen. The death of his son and resurrection of his son was so these things could happen in this world that he created so they could happen and people would know there is a God. He told me he was erasing the gray area that existed in America. What's the gray area? The one saying there is no God. That is getting smaller and smaller. There come a point where people know I'm either in the darkness or I'm in the light. There's, there's no hiding. There's no wondering. You know who people believe and what they live. They'll either live in regions of darkness. And it will be legal. And they'll be living in regions of light. The great light, the greater light, regions and cities, sometimes more than one city, and people will drive their dead family members in there and they'll come to life. That's how powerful the presence of God will be. The authority of the believer will be great in these regions of light. Sickness can't abide, no crime. I saw demons flee like dust out of these cities to get out because of the, it was painful for them. The anointing that was put in you when you were born again is painful to the enemy. What anointing? The anointing that breaks the yoke. You have it. 1 John 2.27, there's a scripture for all you who want that. It's in the Bible. I have a little CD. I made, and we made it in this very old church because the pastor Thomas, he gave himself up and ran from a denominational church. They tried to steal his church in Mississippi, in the heart of Mississippi, in this little tiny town. It says, little town where big things happen. And this one little pastor stood up to all the other religious people trying to shut him up and didn't want him speaking about certain things. And so finally they said, in, in two weeks you'll be out of here. And he stood up in the church and he was the pastor. And he said, okay, I'm leaving now. Whoever would like to follow me and have life and have Holy Spirit, uh, just come. They all left with him. <laughs> I think he had four elders left. And he started this church. It was never got really huge, but man, the impact it had on that whole little town. And he found out about me. I think I went to his place like eight times in like two years. And they ended up by getting people together, and they trained them and trained them in the host, and they ran witchcraft out of town. 
they ran it out. I mean, you talk about manifestations, they, they had them. Everybody was afraid of the witches. And uh, God said, when you go this time, witchcraft will be run out. They will run it out. And when we were leaving town, when Margaret and I were leaving, we had pictures in the sky of a witch. Leaving town. Leaving town, those people were so determined we want to be free from the effect and the control. Witchcraft is not a joke. So don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't read it. It's all about controlling people. That's what they're for. It's not a joke. One of the things coming one day, because you know whenever God does some great things, the enemy brings in a counterfeit, right? Well, people will begin to know, okay, well, I can't believe this lie anymore. It's too obvious that God is here. It's going to get more and more obvious that there is a God. His name is Jesus Christ. And so it will be hard for the devil to come up with new things. But one of the things he will have at that time will be good witchcraft. Because all the movies are preparing people for him. Oh, in front of people, they'll raise the dead and heal the sick and say you can still be a witch. See, this thing is coming. We have to be powerful. We have to be strong. We have to be fierce. We have to understand. Uh, it says in all you're getting of wisdom, get understanding that is knowledge of the Holy One and how he operates. That's why these days have to come. They have to have manifestations of the power and the passion and the plans of the living God. Because that is the one thing we can come against it with. Because there will be a lot of impressionable people that think, oh, this is a good thing. They have not one ounce of discernment in their being. Because they've been fed it by movies and books. Oh, there are good witches that are bad against the bad ones. There are no good witches. And they've been around for a long time. <laughs> and the Bible says, have nothing to do with a necromancer. Go look it up. There were never any good ones in the Old Testament. There were never any good ones in the New Testament. And there are no good ones now. Don't consult a medium or a psychic. You're getting this for free. Don't consult them. If you did, loose it from your soul and repent for it. They don't work for God. He is fivefold ministry. His prophets or prophetic people. Anyone can prophesy. Make sure you're accountable in your life and your actions, right? And you know how you get more? You step out and do it. You step out, if God gives you word, if you look, you're going to explode and burn inside, you need to say that. You're also not accountable for forcing that person to do it. I'll save you some grief. If you deliver a word from God, it's not your job to make them do it. You're going to start a whole different war. You deliver it, let the Holy Spirit work on them, not your job. And the hardest people to prophesy to are your family. My family still wants to know what's for dinner when laundry's going to be done. <laughs> Even though they have, they have all this revelation and everything. He knows how to keep you humble. <laughs> Give you family. 
And even if I go too long, let me know. I just got to talk about Jesus. Bless the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he's done more than any of us all put together. He's been through it all. He really has. But the hardest part was the garden, not the cross. He died before he got there. He died to the Father's will. If it, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Because what was in the cup wasn't in him. It wasn't anything he ever would do or want to do. But what had to be nailed to the cross was what was in the cup. That's the only person who can forgive our sins is him. He's the only one that drank all that sin in and nailed it to the cross. No one else can say they can forgive sins. No other religion, no other God, none of them. In the garden was the most important thing he did when he said, but not my will, let your will be done. And two angels were sent from heaven I got to talk about this cup. When Jesus, when he was on the earth, and it would say, even when he had his disciples, especially after he got the disciples, <laughs> he'd go away to the mountain to be with his father. He'd go see him. He'd meet him and talk to him. And he went there, and he took him a cup. God, his father, made him a carpenter. He put business in his son. So he would have a door to speak to anybody, anywhere. That's why he likes business people. You get more invitations if you're business, right? And so also opened a door for him to talk with sinners all the time. They wanted him to do, he was a master carpenter, not just a finish, not just a little finish. He was a master carpenter. Joseph was a master carpenter. So he made on purpose for his father, he made this cup. It wasn't really beautiful. It was wood, of course, very perfect mastery. The way he made it in the handle was beautiful. And so he met with him and gave it to him. This is about his um, second year into his ministry. So when the father had to choose, he already knew this would all happen. He had to choose a cup to put all that in. And he knew his son would have to drink it or the plan wouldn't work. The plan was to, for him to die for our sins, that we might be free, that we would have a way back to the Father. So the Father got that cup, and he put all of that stuff in it. He chose two angels from a Gabriel's group, because Gabriel's angels look more like humans with wings. Most of the army look like creatures. I mean, some have eight eyes. Some have weapons coming out of them. They're an army. So he picked two of Gabriel's that already the Lord knew who these angels were. He knew them. He knew them when he was in heaven. And they brought that cup to him. And they were in the garden the whole time and ministered to him while he was having to drink this cup. <clears throat> but as part of the reward, God does reward. As part of the reward for willing to do that, it would be very hard because they couldn't come against anybody there who was coming to take him. Uh, the army actually probably had the hardest time because he was the Lord of hosts, the army of heaven. He was over all the armies of heaven, Christ was, and, and they loved him. And so it was probably very hard. They were all told in heaven this was going to happen. They knew it. So they didn't come down and beat up people or rip up the people that were going to try to crucify him. I'm sure they wanted to do that. 
because to defend and protect him would have been their number one thing. When Christ came and was sent down to earth and made into a little seed and planted in the womb of Mary, they already knew they couldn't go down there and fight for him. Do you remember what he said before the Sanhedrin court? If I wanted to. Do you remember he said that? If I wanted to. He was letting them know, I'm not, I'm not who you really think I am. I have the abilities to do these things. I laid down my life. But if I wanted to, I could call the army of heaven. These creatures are like 150, 200 feet high. They have eyes where you wouldn't even think eyes would be. They have spears coming out that shred the enemy when they spin the, the, in Satan's army. They, they have all kinds of weapons. They turn into missiles and go to where the battle is, and they come back to be their self, and then they go in there and attack. He could have called them to fight for him if he had said even one word they would have come. But he knew he had to die. So these two angels that were in the garden with him, their reward was they also were chosen to be in the tomb with him. And they were the first ones to see him when he came back up from hell. I was recently in Israel. They're still outside the tomb. They still protect. It's a holy place. They're still there. They're on assignment. They were the first ones who got to see him. They're also the ones that talked to the disciples. They talked to Mary. And they said, why are you looking for, the, why are you looking for him? He's not dead. Those two same angels were the ones who were in the garden with him with a cup. So God does give rewards. Angels get rewards for completing what they were sent for. Now in this time, they are, millions of them have been sent to fight on our behalf. We have the right to command them because they were made like a military. And you can't go to an army, a natural army, and say, would you mind please going over here and doing that? Could you imagine standing before a whole brigade going to ship them out somewhere? Would you mind? Would it bother you? Uh, please, I have a request. Would you mind going over there? They would look at you like you were nuts. The army of heaven is the same way. They need orders from headquarters. Well, headquarters is here because the Lord of hosts lives in us. And they have been very, very busy over these last few months, and even more so now, to make sure every single thing gets exposed. They know where everything is. Nothing is hidden from God. He knows where every stolen ballot is. He knows where every, every machine that was messed with or tampered with or changed or whatever. He knows the name of every person who participated. He is not clueless. And he meant it when he said the exposure will be great. So he said, I said, well, what do you want me to do now? I mean, I, I pray every night. I'm not, I call it prayer communication. I talk to God. <laughs> if I have a request, I spend another time. Just getting to know him, I would just spend time talking to him like he was right here because he is. And one day he walked through the wall of my home. Now he walks through the wall of my home all the time. But they need, you need to give them commands. They can't take a written prayer request, okay? They can't do that. Back in the day, even in the Old Testament, I think it's in Isaiah, it said that the 
Israel was under uh, siege for something. I don't remember what it was. And it said, the captain of the host, that's Michael, went to the far ends of heaven and gathered the army of heaven to come and fight on behalf of Israel. So that's the way it normally was done until 2014. There was already a major shift into our authority and dominion. And I can tell you this, the army of heaven cannot, they cannot finish the whole purpose he made them if we do not do this. They were always designed to fight for us. Amen. I just want to assure you that Trump, I hear my, in my ears all the time, Trump's winning, Trump's winning. He's sitting in the White House. He's going to sit in that White House. He's not going to be evicted. <laughs> he will sit there, and you'll begin even more and more to see him bring Pence in on different things because he'll be preparing him. He will be preparing him to be president after him. How do I know? God said so. <laughs> I say what God says, and I show you things that he showed me, and he will sit in that White House. And to me, it doesn't matter what date they give that. It is happening. It's happening. I've even already received a request to come and do, um, to pray for the president, vice president at the inaugural prayer breakfast, because guess what? They're carrying on with their plans, too. <laughs> They're preparing like none of this ever happened. They're already scheduling events for the inauguration, making plans, hiring companies to do things because they know the truth. So everybody stand up for just a minute. You don't have to wonder if you've ever been chosen. If you're alive, this is what God said. If you're alive and breathing, you're chosen. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you have greatness written all over you. God's plans have already been written about you. And God said, these days that we're living now will be sung about in heaven in eternity. This, so this is not just another time on the earth. This is an event on God's timeline. He doesn't count time like we do. It's all about events. And this is an event in heaven. Part of the divine decade that we'll be living in. And the things you'll get to do people have never even seen or heard of on the earth before. Because you're chosen. Nobody can tell you you're not. I'm telling you, you are chosen. He, how do I know? You're here. <laughs> if he times your birth on the earth and you are here, you are chosen. Chosen to be great for him. Chosen to manifest the power of the living God. It is a great thing to be a manifested son or daughter. He trusts you. You don't have to have a real high education. It's not about how smart you are. It's about how willing. Pray that my people be willing in the day of my power. Those who are willing and obedient shall eat the fat of the... I know the word. I don't carry a Bible. It's in here. We were taught 
to read the Word of God and know the Word of God. We were taught to pray. Before we could even speak, we had family altar. But it didn't make me not want God. It made me want Him more. He loves every person in every country. No matter where they are right now, no matter who they are, no, no matter what they're doing, He still wants them. So if He doesn't have us, if He doesn't have the light, in the spirit realm, you have light coming from you. Some people have great light. Some people have light. Uh, some people have darkness in them. So I, I always know who knows the Lord and who doesn't know the Lord. If there's any way possible, now these people have to shake their hand. They don't, know, they don't want me hugging. Well, some might want to hug them. <laughs> it's so important to learn to release the anointing. If you, don't, if you don't do that, why did he put it in you? To release it. You only got a deposit. It says in 1 John 2, 27, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you receive a deposit of the anointing. What anointing? The anointing breaks the yoke. That's what it is. The more you release it, the more it grows. That was not Peter's personal shadow that healed people. It was the cloud of anointing because he released it so much it builds a cloud. Sometimes you can walk in a room and it fills the whole room. That's any believer. Any believer. You have it in you. It's a deposit. So the more you give it out, the more you get back. And it never stops. It just grows and grows. And one day, you feel yourself and you go, I release the anointing. You actually feel it. It looks like blue fire shooting out of you. So everybody put your hand here. We're going to stir it up. <clears throat> Say, Father, <clears throat> I choose as an act of my will, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to release the anointing. So stir it up. Okay, now I want you to lay hands on somebody next to you, and I want you to say, with everything within you, and you say this, and you wait until I say, I can feel, I can feel it leaving you. I want you to hold your hand to the person and say, I release the anointing in Jesus' name. I want you to see, I can already feel it. I want you to picture it leaving right here, and it goes up your arm like blue fire written out of your arm. So if I walk here, like, I can feel it coming from all of you. It's like up here, it swirls like a river. The fire does everywhere. I, even, I feel it like waves hitting me right now. It's very powerful. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the anointing. Encourage me every day to use it wherever I go. Amen. Okay, y'all can stop. When I sit in a restaurant, I always put my hand on the table and just say, I, I release the anointing. And I will see blue fire come out of my hand and coat that whole table. It will never wash off. 
it will never wear off. Whoever sits at that table will get the anointing on them. I do the same thing to the glasses, to the silverware. When you go through a door, if you touch the door, release the anointing. When you slide your card, release the anointing. Everyone who slides their card in that thing will get the anointing on them. Before you send a text, get it typed out and let your hand say, I release the anointing. And when they open it, the anointing will get on them. It is transferable. There's no excuse not to do it. It is free. You will begin, really, I'm not kidding, you'll sit in the seat and get up and someone sit there and they'll feel the anointing. I can sit in people's seats like when we used to do, I used to do hospitality of our church of 5,000. We would do the, feed the board every, once a year, we'd be like Jesse and all kinds, I can't remember all their names right now, but powerful men and women of God. And they'd get up and leave. I wouldn't be in there when they were eating. I'd go sit in everybody's chair. I knew who it was. I always knew Jesse. I'd start laughing. Whoever was, I, I could feel it. It's like light electricity on you. If you want to have encounters, if you want to feel the power of God, it is in you. It's already in you. When you got saved, he put it there. You release it. You can put it on clothing like I prayed over their mantles. Like I release the anointing. Every chair in your office, including your desk, now has the anointing in it. I just, it doesn't matter where you go. The more you do it, the more will come out. And you do that one day, you'll be shocked and you'll feel it leaving you. So when Peter would walk past people, he did it so much the cloud of the anointing like far exceeded him. And when they said his shadow touched him, they were healed and demons came out. It was the anointing that breaks the yoke that you have. Don't ever forget this. You have a weapon from heaven that breaks the yoke of darkness. Put in every gift you give. Every gift you give, release it into the gift. If you give something away to people, release it. If you give food to people, release it. Don't ever stop doing that. One day, you walk into a place and people will fall out from the anointing. The glory, you create glory for God, but you also carry the glory. How do I know? Christ in you. Do you know what that means? That's something that's deposited in you too. The glory at one point will begin to be released from you. It looks like, it looks like shock waves of light. The glory looks like light. The fire looks like fire. It feels like I, when I see people release it, it, like shock waves, I can almost hear it. And it was somewhere speaking somewhere, and the Holy Spirit said, go back to the products table. And as I started to walk to the products table, people started falling out. Now, I talked about the glory in the meaning. Guess what? It also makes a difference because of your soul that when you speak about these things, it increases in your soul. You can't hear something and then do nothing. You can't do it. Heaven doesn't operate that way. It's your actions along with your words. If you want to rule, you have to do something. Who cares what people think? So I went to the broader table. These people started falling out. And I went, I could feel it. Like, wow, I could hardly, I, I could hardly stand up. I went, wow, God, they're really anointed, aren't they? 
<laughs> I heard the Holy Spirit. He laughs at me a lot. He was laughing and laughing. He goes, that is coming from you. Because <laughs> I was like, no matter what, these people are falling down. They're lining people waiting to get products. And my son-in-law, who's my son-in-law, just kept right on selling the products. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, I'll just do, <laughs> I'll do this. It was funny because I said, okay, what do I do? He said, just say, I release the glory. And I literally could see light waves go like, and whoever they touched, they started falling down. People got healed. People got set free and went, what is this? When the Bible goes, the knowledge of the glory will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. He said, it will cover them because you will be releasing it. People will be, this is not just me. This is for the body of Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. The glory being released, showing up, impacting people and nations and things and places that God wants you to go to. This is what you get as a believer. Do it in your family's home. How do you do that? You just start doing it. I release the glory. I release the glory. I release the glory. Just take time to do it. Pretty soon you're going to do that one day and you'll feel it coming out of you. If you speak for Christ, if you share with people, if you read your word, it's building in you. Let it out. <laughs> Let the anointing out. Let the glory out. Fire, when the baptism in fire comes, it's going to be so powerful. It just burns the world out of you. It burns any fear. You'll never be afraid again. The boldness that rises up in you. You begin to carry that fire. Places will actually look like they're on fire. Buildings will look like they're on fire. People will see it on you one day. His eyes were flames of fire. Our God is a consuming fire. That is spiritual fire that will transform you and places and people because you carry it. We're just entering into those days. He is not done yet. I want people to say, I will not fear the enemy or the face of man or their words. I live by the living God. I'll speak his word. I'll manifest for him. I choose it in Jesus' name. So be it. God bless America. God bless our president, and God bless everyone here. Amen.